Hello, everybody. Welcome back to D&D 404. I am your DM, Tony. And joined with me today are the other three Ella to my seventh grade chemistry set. Fellas, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, starting with the very conductive, highly agitated Alec. Um, what's going on, guys? My name is Alec. I play Drell the Ashborn. And my favorite element is tungsten. Mm. Um, it is the highest melting point of all metals. It also has the highest tensile strength. And it also is almost exactly identical to the mass and weight of gold. So it's substituted for gold for a lot of stuff. Boom. What about you, Jared? Man, putting me on the spot. Uh, Armos here, checking in. Uh, you know, I used to have one, and now I'm looking at it, you know. Is it fire? <laughs> I mean, that was a pretty good one. I don't know. I really, I can't think of one. Cobalt, maybe? Oxygen. You <laughs> <laughs> did not pick cobalt, you son of a bitch. Nice. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> Damn <like> it. <laughs> I'll go next. I am Dan. I play Minas Pebble Walker, your tiny little swarm keeper ranger. And I am the bismuth of this podcast. It's the uh, it's the pretty looking one. It's all rainbow, rainbowified. What number is it on the elemental Square. table? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember the number. You, you literally looked at it. Like, what do you mean you didn't look at the number? You don't have it open. Eighty-three. <laughs> Eighty-three on the elemental table. But you probably know it from uh, Pepto Bismol. It's used to treat diarrhea. That's oh right. wow. Uh, Oh. What about heartburn and indigestion? Oh, all those things, yeah. Pumps. Mm. Right. Damn, maybe that mm. should have been my favorite one. I got acid reflux, like <laughs> insane. <laughs> what about our DM? What about you, Tony? Oh, um, I'm going to go with the number one ingredient and a reagent for the flux capacitor, uranium. No, Ayo. I lied. It's not uranium, it's plutonium. My mistake. <laughs> Uranium is, is from bombs. <laughs> it's Oppenheimer. Yeah. No, we talk about Back He's to the like, Future. My favorite elements: Uranium. <laughs> Jesus, man, still dog. Oh, we go no, plutonium. <laughs> now you know the deal. Before we get into the recap, we're gonna do the rundown, and today's rundown is brought to you by me. And what I'm going to run down this week, I'm going to run down Reddit. You know what? Sometimes I always look on Reddit to just see if we're being talked about. And there's the occasional comment about D&D 404 under, hey, does anybody know any good D&D podcasts to listen to? And when I go ahead and search D&D 404 on Reddit, every so often there's that one person that goes, hey, you should check out D&D 404. They're great. Shout out to you random person with a, a screen name that I really can't say on the air. Thank you so much for supporting us and suggesting us to other people. That's my rundown this week. Now we're going to go ahead and roll for the recap where I roll a giant rubber D4 that was eaten by my bunnies where I am number one, two is Alec, three is Dan, and four is Jerry. Let's go ahead and roll it. What do you say? What do you say? All right. I really don't want to do it today. <laughs> Try and get on your desk, on your L desk. I don't have an L desk. There's only W's in this house. But no, but for real, I got no space to roll it on. So we're going to roll it into the hallway. 
Oh, also, fun mm. fact, Tungsten's uh, elemental <laughs> letter is W, so it's a W element. What? What is? How did we get that ro- far back? How <laughs> did you? Oh, well. I don't believe you. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't believe you. I, I think you framed it. I did not frame it. I didn't frame uh, it. We need right. a dice cam. <laughs> yeah, I have one. It just. It, I missed my. You doorway. have a dice cam? No. Well, this cam is the dice cam. I'm just saying it missed my doorway and I hit the door frame and it bounced back at me. Instead of closing the door, you didn't even hit the door. You hit the, <laughs> the door frame. It's going in my hallway. Bang. All right. Last episode. Uh, it started off with Drell, Armos, and Menace looting the dragon's horde. Uh, we've received tons of gold, tons of platinum. Menace got a cool air, uh, dragon slaying arrows in a quiver. Also, another potion of store, um, giant strength. Armos received a magical scroll, the maze spell, and Drell, what did he get? Oh, he got spell of sunburst. We're gonna find out if he can actually even use that. Uh, they decided to reboard the ship. Menace and Armos decided to try to break into a crate and failed miserably. Um, but at least while Menace was remending the crate after being caught by the captain, he revealed the letters WW on the crate. Then we finally landed in Kabuki Isles, where we decided to turn it into a shopping episode. Drell bought more health potions. Menace got a cool little statue that turns into an animal that swims. I think he also bought a bow, and he got some normal arrows, I think, if I'm correct. Um, after going to the drunkard stowaway, we ended up running back into Argnar and Thost, where we sat down at a table and started to meet with a bunch of other cloaked and hidden people. After long conversations with the uh, shipmates and these new people, uh, the gang discovered that one of the people sitting at the table was Wilfred Wilfrey, Granny Wilfrey's son. And that is the recap. So Bard, go ahead, do your thing. Roll that music. Let's get on with it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the world of Humbrea, featuring three first-time adventurers and one very patient DM. This is D&D 404. Gentlemen, boyos, we pick up session 78 at a tavern table with Captain Thnost, two of his crewmates, and three mercenary types, where the leader of the said three mercenaries just revealed that his name was Wilfred Wilfrey, where the shipment that Captain Thnost was carrying aboard has just been delivered to and they were celebrating. Then the three of you have joined in on the meal and started making merry with some suspicious activities coming from one of them. Um, Just to recap, one of them is in a giant full suit of armor with these glowing green eyes hasn't spoken to you yet and the other lad was a drow elf much more of a free spirit and wilfred wilfrey is a half elf he looks very uh rustic very blue collar ain't afraid to get his hands dirty very rugged type of fighter and we will pick up from the table as captain thnost and his crewmates take one large one more large sip of ale 
and they slam the takers down and they go bop bop they bang it twice on the table and Kathleth Nost bows on Fognar's head and he goes hi lads you three have a great night and you three comrades you three have a great night too thank you for sailing with us to the winds may join us together again and then the three of them get up and walk out as you are now left at the table with Wilfred Wilfrey, his two companions, and the three of you. And it looks like they're about to get their things, but they're still joking and horsing around with each other as they're starting to settle up. What are the three of you doing? Oh God, I have no idea. Yeah, same. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I got something reckless I could do, but I don't know how it's gonna turn out. <laughs> so we're in the Kambuki Isles for- Looking for a blacksmith. Blacksmith, right? Um, Actually, a Hydra is what we're looking for. I'm looking for a hug. We're trying to get to the... Uh, oh, uh, hey, Wilfred. Wilfred turns around as he's just dusting off the armored gentleman that's next to him. And he's like straightening him up because he looks a little tense. He looks back over to you and he goes, hmm, taller one, how can I help you? I don't think we've called it each other's names. Uh, my name's Darrell and I reach out to shake his hand. I just heard him call you Wilfred, so I just figured that was your name. Yes, my name is Wilfred. And he goes and he shakes your hand and he has he's not as strong as you, although he looks like he looks like a strong individual, but nowhere near as strong as you. But he gives you a very firm grip, uh, a respectable grip. I, I shake his hand just a tad bit firmer than he's shaking my hand. And you see that he gives you a nod in, in respect to that. Pleasure to meet you, Drell. He goes, these are my compatriots. He goes, this is Zith. And he points to and he points to the drow elf and this guy. And he looks at him and he smiles and then you see the green flames uh, ignite from under his mask and he puts his arm over him because we call this guy the Dread. The Dread, huh? It's a pretty sick nickname. <laughs> uh, how'd you get it? <laughs> how'd he get it? He looks at him, he laughs, he looks back at you, he goes, you know, it's a... Uh, I feel like every time he tells this story or the last time he was able to tell this story, he uh, he changes up every time. Something about losing himself. Some people, a couple of cutthroats try to kill him and, you know, a couple of healers found him just in time and, you know, restored his body the best way he could. But unfortunately, they weren't able to give him his tongue back. So it's kind of like uh, he's like my bodyguard, but, you know, he's also my friend. Well, hey, uh, what I was going to ask you is you ever heard of the town of San Lo? San Lo? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've heard of it. It's like, uh, he looks over and he looks at Menace when you say that town. He goes, yeah, it's actually a, probably one of the most populated towns for Minotaurs. You ever been there before? I think we got a friend over there that Menace wants to try to reconnect with. Yes, the, the long lost relative. <laughs> he, died. he looks at, he looks at Dread and like Dread just shrugs his shoulders and then he looks at zith and Zith is like has like a curious face and he goes ah zith chimes in and goes i i think we have been there before yeah i mean it might have been a few years it's on the mainland it's on the northern island of kambuki it's i would say it's about a few days travel from here if you're traveling on foot i think we had a couple of contracts there but man we just haven't been there for it's some time. Okay, so it's not like you know you could show us where it is like if we just tag along with you for a day or two well, Wilfrey looks at Zith and Dread and, you know, well, yeah, we could, I mean, we have a thing we got to take care of in the morning. Oh, what thing? Yeah, I mean, you guys need help. We do things. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're freelancers, by the way. Oh, well, same, same for us. Uh, we are also a type of freelancers, uh, good spirited. Um, well, we just got this, um, 
this thing and uh well we actually do need some some muscle how do you fare against Knowles? uh i fucking hate him everybody hates him and let you see them laugh and then you hear like a metallic sound from dread <laughs> like a metallic burning sound real quick as if it was like a chuckle can i do like a arcana check to see if he's like a person under there or if that's like a yeah give me an arcana check you're like eyeing him up you're giving me an insight check but re but you're using your magical uh, adeptness to scope him out what'd you get 15. You definitely have the feeling that there's a soul in there, if 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 that makes sense. You do sense something magical, but not in the sense that he's conjured. You can't pinpoint the magic, but you do get a warm feeling from him. On a surface level, you would probably need to do a something a little more invasive to find out anything more. But at a surface level, you do know that he's not something that's like bound to anything, uh, so to speak. But you do know there is life underneath the visor. My mom always said that gnolls were pretty ferocious. Uh, I mean, I just heard them from crazy horror stories when I was a child. Terrible, terrible monsters. All evil, evil. They just eat and rip and tear and shred anything that comes in their way oh. and they never get full. So when you say evil, are we like evil is that like general knowledge like that's they're evil oh yes there's no Fact. such thing as a good no that's like okay they're just born that way that's like I born again that understand. way if you really want to get in the nitty-gritty of it born again oh Joel, that looks like that sounds like something you would want to fight <laughs> yeah fuck it so Drell, you would know this. So gnolls are like universally bad there's nobody in the world that wouldn't know what a knoll is on some level even from your area menace in the ivory boulder clan being in the mountains where it is in the caves you have probably seen a knoll before your menace would probably know what a knoll is on some level and they know that they are very evil mean-spirited creatures they only live to eat they do have a god they worship but that god is just bent uh hell bent on eating and causing as much chaos as, uh, as possible. I don't know if I would be able to know this just off. I guess I want to know, <laughs> I want to know if there's anything special about Wilfrey or Wilfred. Like I obviously know if the ring he, his brother was giving him is an extra spell slot. Mm -hmm. Is there a way for me to, I have something, but I want to know, let me look into this again. As you're looking into your uh, stats, Wilfred looks at Minas and Armos and Armos sizing up Dread. He goes, I haven't called your names. Uh, who do I have the pleasure of potentially adventuring with? Minas, Minas Pebble Walker. Uh, nice to meet you, by the way. It was lovely sharing food and, uh, <clears throat> and ale and stuff with you. The more the merrier. And he goes and shakes your hand. Kind of twiddling my thumbs. Oh, <laughs> yep, yep. And you read one? Armos. Just Armos. <laughs> just, all right, just Armos. And he goes and he reaches out and tries to shake your hand. I, uh, I magic hand and shake it <laughs> just to prove a point. Oh, I didn't know we had a wizard among us. Very talented. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yep, he's a wizard. <laughs> whoa, whoa. What about you? Are you a wizard? <laughs> I dabble in magic, uh, but I'm more of a, you know, toss hands type of fellow. So I guess, so I have something called know your enemy. 
and it says if you spend at least one minute observing observing or interacting with another creature outside combat you can learn information about its capabilities compared to your own strength dex con armor class current hp total class levels this is the Ooh. smartest thing drell's ever done right here or fighter class <laughs> levels if any yeah so technically they're not my enemy yet but it just says creatures outside yeah creature is a universal term in the rule so yes he would be a creature so you're looking at him and you have been talking to him for long enough you can definitely size him up to some extent well i want to do if possible one for him and one for the dread <laughs> Sure. But I guess, what do I, do I get to pick or are they random? Because you've just been sitting at a table, I'm going to give you information. Okay. So as you were talking to him, leaning over a table, sharing some ale, you can really only see his top side up, but you do know he has an array of weapons around his hip and across his back. He's wearing chainmail. You would think that as, as you were talking to him and how he's moving, he might be a little hard to hit if you were to scrap with him one-on-one. -on -one. Nothing that you wouldn't be able to handle, but you know for a fact he would be able to hold his own in a one-on-one -on -one. you do notice that his armor is on the lighter side so you so you can assume that he's more of a dextuitous fighter you also notice that he has some tattoos tattoos in a tribal style pattern more of an arcane sense more like a 90 sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> you do know that he's wearing some jewelry underneath his armor and the type of chain that would that he's wearing is not more for decorative more for maybe like he has an amulet under there in the mannerisms that he speaks he's well-rounded he's using bigger words than a militia type would use oh he's a paladin that's my guess <laughs> So you do know that he is well traversed. Um, a book isn't foreign to him. So he may be magical, whether it be a paladin. He doesn't look like a paladin. You don't see any holy relics on him. Oh, I thought you said amulet. So that's what I was saying. He does have an amulet on him. Yeah. And then for the dread, he hasn't said anything. He's hiding himself behind a cloak. He looks very recluse, very shy. He was focused on Armos, specifically at the fell Augburn at his hip. Uh, that you guys noticed from last session. He seems a little more drawn back. His armor looks very dense and very heavy as if it was made for war, protected from all sides. You feel that even if with your strongest hit against him, probably need to hit him a few good times to chunk away at his armor. Very well-made, very rare. You, you haven't seen this style of pattern. Actually, give me a history check. History, not yeah. good at it, but we'll do it. Oh, that's a nat 20, though. <laughs> so, but it's a 19 because I get minus one. It's oh, a nat, it's a nat 20, 20, though. I, yeah. It looks very similar. Maybe the same blacksmith made it to that of the Revenger. Mm. Saw that coming. So, Oof. this Know Your Enemy is, I get to know actual, like, mechanical stats. Okay, mechanically speaking, you know Wilfred's. Uh, AC is 17 with his chainmail, sizing him up from his armor. And the dread is also 17, sizing him up from okay. his armor. Got it. But you don't see any weapons on the dread. Got it. Okay. If you were to fight them, if that's what you choose, um, then I'll give you flat numbers. Yeah. So uh, as you size him up, Wolfrey uh, looks to his uh, compatriots. He looks back at you and he goes, well, I think we can 
come up with a deal. Um, if you want to help us out, it might take a few days to uh, finish what we're doing, but we can actually pay you for your services. We do have to fight some gnolls. Uh, we are a few men down. Um, we were thinking about tackling just us three, but you know, you can never be too safe. So how about this? We'll give you a modest sum of 7,000 gold each. And then if you find anything interesting in where we're going, you can have at it. Huh. That's very kind of you. I, uh, I think it's going to be beneficial for us, uh, working together. So you help us, we help you. We become best friends as you know, it's just, this is the way the world works. <laughs> and he laughs and he gives you a kind smile. He's like, I agree. Well, definitely excited to be, uh, partied up with this guy. <laughs> and I clink on the armor with like my knuckles. Ding, ding. And you see like he quickly moves his leg away when you go to do that. Ah, uh, <laughs> good, good reflexes. Tell you what, we're going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, hey. Hey, Zelda! And he yells over to the half-orc uh, bartender. And she goes, yes, honey? And he goes, give my give my new friends the treatment. And you see the half-orc named Zelda come out. He goes, why don't you uh, go ahead? Why don't you come ahead and you three follow me? I'll show you up to your room and uh, get you settled in for the night. And she begins to walk upstairs in the tavern. Uh, I, yeah, I follow her. I do as well. All right. We'll see you guys in the morning. <laughs> what, what, when are we getting out of here? Like, just before... Sunrise or? Uh, we like to sleep at two hours past sunrise. Oh, I like these guys. Yeah. We're having a dance party tonight, so. What? It's a dance party week. What? <laughs> and then the three of you go off upstairs. <laughs> Zelda guides you upstairs in the tavern, takes you to your room. Opening the door, there is a beautiful yet modest suite style room. Well decorated with a nice ornate fireplace as the centerpiece. She claps her hand and slips out a wand from her sleeve and uses a magical cantrip to ignite the lanterns and the fireplace and it, all the flames ignite yellow and turn into a beautiful cozy green flame. The color of the green flames really tie the room together nicely. And she guides the three of you in. She puts a stack of blankets and towels down and you can see in the corner of the room behind one of those um, foldable uh, changing doors, a nice tub to take a bath in. Uh, and it's already filled with hot water. You can see that when she casted her little magic trick, it started boiling the water as well. And she goes, well, you three have a good night and we'll see you in the morning. And then she closes the door and leaves the three of you to your nightly activities. Huh. That was quite nice. Armos feels like something's up. I want to do like an arcana check to see if something else is going on here. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead and roll me an arcana check. 16. Yeah. There is some magic going on here, but nothing that's intrusive. You don't get any type of divination magic, uh, which is the no scrying spell. No scrying spell. <laughs> it's like an Airbnb. You know, you got to check for cameras, make sure everything's <laughs> you good. You put your finger you know up to the mirror to make sure there's a space yep. in between. You all get the yep. You check the doors, you knock on wood, and you're looking for anything magic, and sure enough, you're convinced that the spell she casted, it looks like it was a, a, a spell that she crafted herself and learned, mm. specifically to treat others with hospitality. It was like to get the, it was like a magical way to just get the room ready itself. Got it. Armos doesn't like it. There are four beds <laughs> in the room. I take the biggest one. Dibs. Oh, I feel like this is one of the first times. Oh, fair enough. I feel like this is one of the first times we've, uh, had a chance to just kind of like truly relax. You don't don't have to sleep in a wagon. We're outside. We're in Shadowfell on I the ship. <laughs> I just you know there's something about I just like sleeping outside 
and I'm just like trying to get comfortable in the bed. Not even actually, no, you know what? Drill's gonna get in that hot ass bath for a little bit first. <laughs> when you go to in the bath, you see Reginald is already lounging with both of his bunny arms up. It's like the top half of his body. He goes, Oh, hey, Drill. You know, water ain't so bad when it's hot as the nine hells, you know? It's actually not that bad. And he has a long piece of hay sticking out of his mouth. Is it, does it feel good? Scoot over. Just like not even phased, just like pushing him out the way. You see that like the tip of his toes are just like bouncing through the water. Uh, as he's like remaining afloat as the bubbles are keeping him afloat. See, Drell, isn't this the life? Adventuring ain't that bad, you know? Uh, I'm taking my armor off as I'm getting ready for bed, and I'm like, oh, uh, by the way, Drell, we've never talked about this, by the way, so, uh, what did, uh, what Lord Baron have to talk to you about? Back of the Divider. Uh, <laughs> let me, uh, look at my notes real quick. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> this is actually for Tony, because he never did that moment. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, let me just slowly think back of it real quick, and... Paint an image in my head. Yeah, let me let me take a gander at the notes. Um, oh my God. What are you referring this to? Is, <laughs> this is like the biggest thing that you said that never got talked about. We we're at the Lord Baron's divider, and we're we finish up all our ordeals and talk about the things we need to do, give them all the items, and we're all leaving. And right before we leave, you're like, "Oh, Drell." I need to talk to you for a second. And that's where we ended the episode. Oh, yes. So something about an axe, right? Or something? Yes. 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 Okay. okay. So when he mentioned your axe and you, you wanted to upgrade your axe, you know the, the story of your father and how he allegedly died. He fought a giant wolf. He also told you that your father died of an illness. So he was... Some would say he was overcompensating. Some say he wanted to go out the way he wanted to go out. He wanted to go out in battle. Yeah. So he went to go kill a giant dire wolf that some would believe is a god. He went to go kill Fenrir, the same giant wolf that you saw in your dream all the way back in Arc 1, where you ripped out yeah. some of his paw prints. He mentioned an axe. The axe that your father used was crafted by Scoreus Stonebones, the giant that, uh, well, the giant's chapel that you visited where Alara was protecting with the other purified Acrylis gem. He asked if it was in your possession, if somehow it made it back to your family or to your tribe, because that was a specially made weapon made to hold one of those gems because it was crafted by one of the best blacksmiths that Humbrae has ever seen. But Scoreus is, nobody knows where Scoreus is right now, and rightfully so, because he is a god. And then he also mentioned that you had Rin's hammer. So you have some of the components to not only craft a magical weapon, you need a blacksmith, and now you have a legendary hammer that might be able to get the job done. Rin's Ignis hammer. Got it. Oh, just, uh, you know, and I grab one of the pieces of hay from Reginald's mouth and I put it in my mouth and as I start to chew on the hay and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like my, he was asking about my dad's axe and, you know, if I knew where it was and, you know, I didn't even realize that his axe was any sort of big deal, but apparently it is. Oh, damn. Wait, is that blacksmith like still around? 
I don't know. I don't even know who it is. Some Scraeus. We're looking for a different guy, aren't we? Huh. Gorn bones or stone bones or something like that. Yeah, and then I kind of just go on to like tell them the rest of what Tony kind of described. You see uh, Reginald takes a big bite of hay, as, acting as if he just smoked a cigarette. He looks at you as you're chewing on hay, be like, really hits good when... uh. When you're nerves, when your nerves are tensed up, right? <sighs> you choose more of his head. Your dad just like traveled with a god. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That's pretty sick. So you guys should feel lucky, because I mean, you know, it's in my jeans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like your dad. I, I I hang out with gods too, or at least Melora. There's one god. There's one. Yeah, that's totally almost the same thing. I mean, you hang and out with me, and I have the powers of it. God and I and I look at Reginald as I'm like talking to Minus where I can't see him and I'm like you know doing that eye like making my eyes bigger as I <laughs> yeah, yeah totally, yeah. totally. <laughs> uh, so anyways uh, oh yeah what was and lastly what was that thing you wanted to tell me and Armos when we were in the tower yeah what what did you want to tell them that honestly I don't even remember it was so long ago that <laughs> happened like oh, it was like yesterday. Yeah, yeah. described as well. It was like two days ago, almost because we were on the boat and then we did shopping. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. yeah, honestly, uh, no idea. Sorry, you know I'm sure you'll figure it out. Anyways, <laughs> curse must have erased his memory. Almost, <gasps> Drow, come back to us. <laughs> and I'm like slapping him <laughs> in the face. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. <laughs> oh, no, he's fine. He's fine. We'll get your memories back someday, Drill. All right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> And I just like plop down on it. like a bale of hay or something. <laughs> Not even a proper bed. Almost. Are you doing anything? I'm still investigating the room, and then list, kind of listening into the thing, like the the people next door, just to make sure uh, everything's all sound. It's a it's an old it's an old technique from when we're on the road. Someone checks for traps. You are convinced that this room is very private especially with the magic that Zelda did when she mm. let you enter the room. Matt, I don't know that spell. Figure that out. <laughs> you feel it's a very comfortable room and it's just, it's very calming and relaxing. I don't like it. You're convinced that there's no traps? It's too quiet. Um, as Drell's getting into his pajamas, uh, he kicks Menace's bed to wake him up and he goes, <laughs> what? What? And I, I hold up, I hold up my uh, mace of disruption. <laughs> what, what is it? What? We gotta talk about everything before you go to bed. Uh, I'm so tired. Alright, listen. Wilfred, Wilfred definitely can't know that we got his brother arrested, okay? I feel like that's gonna make... Oh, I forgot that happened. Yeah. Uh, why uh, did you tell him? <laughs> this is the worst keeping secret right here. No, not really, right? Because, Minus, you want him to be your friend, right? So uh -huh. if you tell him this information, cool? he's clearly not going to want to be your friend. Yeah, maybe my best is friend. Someone, wait, do you smell this? Like a, huh? is, that, is that gaslighting? Are we gaslighting Minus? <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> so if you so if you want him to be your friend menace you can't tell him what that we don't let's just tell let's not just not even let him know we knew his brother okay well but i thought friendships were built on truth no see it doesn't sound that's, um, that's not true I'm confused they're, they're built on 
it's like a deck of a house of cards. Okay. A house. Think, yeah. And I start. Cards. I start to build a house of cards. <laughs> and I just—I use it as a metaphor with how fragile, <laughs> how fragile friendships are. And if you just—oh, you can barely even get three cards on one another. Exactly. And then if you, you know, something happens, you know, where. Oh, so you're saying if I if I disclose this now, that's probably a touchy subject because it just happened. Exactly. Yeah. So let's like. So wait, I should wait like a year. Know? Yeah. Or, okay. You know, okay. Who knows? Maybe he's they're cooler. Hasn't it been a year since it happened? That's true. Yeah. In theory, yeah. No, but does it have to be a year from meeting the person? Or has no? He, but like, mm. let's let's just. What I'm saying is, it doesn't have to be the first thing we tell them. Uh -huh. So let's you know, let's just maybe feel out this group. Yeah. Let's touch them. I take it the dread is definitely not somebody we're gonna want to initially mess with right now. You know, just talking to these guys, I, I figure they're they're not just the easy, you know, random fighters that we've been running into. These guys are these guys are the real deal. So let's just maybe you know, let's just not ruin what we got going at least right now. That's all I'm trying to tell you guys. Uh, hey, okay, look, yeah, you're you're not doing it right, Joe. Let me show you how to gaslight. Okay, hold on. So this is what What's you gotta do. <laughs> See, what you got to do is you got to tell him something else that's really important. So, hey, uh -huh. oh. you know that guy with the green eyes? Yeah. He really loves flowers. He does? Don't tell him, though. How'd you know? Don't tell him, though. You can't tell him that piece. Don't don't even. What? Because. <gasps> to surprise him. See what I'm doing, Trail? You see what? You got to give surprise him. him the, with I'm writing gotta, notes furiously. Yeah. Surprise with flowers. I think you're just literally. I think you're just making everything more complicated. <laughs> exactly. It's confusing him. <laughs> Menace, Reginald Yellow. Menace, gaslighting isn't real, okay? It's not even a thing. All right? They're just messing with you. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the fact that you would accuse us of gaslighting you is pretty fucked up, so... I don't even know what that word means. All I heard was, this guy likes flowers. Wrote that down. All right. So, and then, obviously when we're on the road with them we don't even know if we can trust these guys so let's just be careful about you know talking about flowers and i give them a real stern look oh right right surprise surprise or other surprise. stuff you know element of yeah. surprise now how am i gonna get to sleep now i'm thinking about all the flower gifts i could give this dude see now you get it now you get it and i just fade into the darkness <laughs> and i just see your eyes from the corner of the room <laughs> Huh. Yeah, and then I think Trail starts to get ready for bed and I guess kind of just continues to talk about the importance of keeping an eye out on these people because we don't really like know them all that well yet. I do wake him up an hour later for the weekly Sid dance party. I'm sorry, what is this? What are you waking me up for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and then as Drell lays in bed, um, because Minus brought it up, I guess Drell st really starts to think about because he hasn't had drill hasn't really had a lot of time to himself in general since everything especially shadowfell and seeing um like the dragon and you know talking to some random dragon in his dreams and or his thoughts i guess technically so i guess he's kind of just taking all this in and he's just thinking about now his dad and the dire wolf and the dragon and there's just like a lot going on with drill i guess at the at this time so he's just kind of that's a great 
point, Drell. And as the night goes on and you fall asleep thinking about these thoughts, you find yourself in one of these dream states, a very vivid dream, very lucid. And you think about Edgar, the dragon of rage, where you summon, where you gain your bestial powers from. And he doesn't speak to you, but you do imagine his scarred, broken face in this pitch black area. Then you think about your father's axe and you think about the wolf that you saw in your dream and the patch of wolf fur that you were able to manifest somehow when you fell asleep. Very uneasy dreams come to mind at night and you feel like it's one of those dreams where you feel like you're fighting, but your punches just don't hit as hard. And you, there's no particular dream that stands out, but you do wake up in the middle of the night chills. Not that you're cold, it is cold in the room. You wake up and your mouth is very dry. You look at your pillow, and you look at the sheets on the bed and there's this, there's dried up blood and it's on your, your palm of your hand, but it's not red, it's more black and purple and you feel it dried up on your mouth. Like you just threw up, but you know it's blood. And the room is a little cold and you look over to the fireplace and there's barely but a spark left. And you notice that the window's open you're, and you're very hazy. And then you see Armo sleeping and then Reginald is sleeping on Armos's face across his eyes and they're both snoring. <laughs> and then you hear that whoosh from the window again. And then you look over at Minus and Minus has a big old snot bubble coming out of his nose and, and then you hear feel the heat again. <laughs> and you look up back at the fireplace and all of a sudden it's roaring again. The green flame like roars as if it was just reignited for a moment. And that goes back to normal. And now you look down and you have this blood just dried up blood on you. It looks like you coughed up a good amount. Well, I'm going to wipe it away and I guess go into the bathroom and clean up so no one really else sees it. Yeah, you go over to the hot bath and there's still some water in there and you're able to take some, put it over the flame. Give me a perception check. Fuck, it's an eight. You're like staring at the flames as you're heating up the water to what to clean yourself up and you get lost in your own thoughts and you're just admiring the flames and then you go back to what you're doing and you clean yourself up and then you go back to bed. Unless there's something specific that you would like to do. Can I go over to the window and like like stare into the abyss outside? Yeah, you look outside and you see the beautiful mountain range of the Kambuki Isles. You're With how high up you are, you see all these beautiful green luscious palm trees and the beautiful night sky. And then you way in the distance, you even see the mountain range of the Northern Island, which is the main island of Kambuki, where San Lo is located. And right in the center, you do see this large floating island as if it lifted from the island and is now in the middle of the sky, almost acting as the centerpiece. Very beautiful sight. Clearly magical. Looks like a floating island in the sky and a bunch, like a large chunk of earth underneath it. So it's like a bunch of stalactites hanging from it. Yes. But this is obviously, like, we saw this when we came in, right? Yes. Like, that's just normal part. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Drell shuts the window and he goes back to bed. Okay. And the three of you wake up the next morning. Oh, Sid. That was the Me. wildest dance party we had. 
Sid oh. has like a gl that glowy necklace <laughs> that's just like faded <laughs> out. Does he have the gloves that also light up? <laughs> you see that he like when he rolls out of bed, he lands on a bunch of glow sticks. <laughs> <laughs> when did you make friends with those twig blights? Oh my goodness! <laughs> you see they get up and they hop out all the sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I'm gonna go down. Uh, five. Give myself some. Oh, five more hours almost. I think we got another five in us. Nope. Nope. Getting up. <laughs> uh, this is where we're at a comfy bed. <laughs> As he sleeps on your face. <laughs> I go downstairs after changing. Obviously, into my gear. Drell looks at his face and his hands to make sure he didn't cough up any more blood <laughs> while he's... No, everything looks copacetic. Nice. Then I think Drell kind of just gets ready for the day and goes down to uh, goes down to, to join everybody for breakfast as well. I mage hand Reginald across the room, <laughs> off my face. Uh, he's upside down. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, get up, put on my gear... Do a quick stretch and then uh, splash some water on my face as I walk out the walk out the door. Minus, give me a perception check as you are putting on your gear. Got about my dice. <laughs> Jesus, what kind of perception check was that? That was a big one, okay? <laughs> that is a 15. You're like packing your stuff up and you look at your journal and you notice that there's a singe mark at the corner of one of the pages, specifically the page that says he likes flowers. That's odd. Huh. What is? Well, look at my... Wait, wait, hold on. I like cover up <laughs> part of my journal. <laughs> just look at them. this one. Don't, don't, yeah. just don't flip the page. <laughs> yeah. I show him just that piece. <laughs> hey, wait. What's behind this page? What are all those pictures you drew? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll show you another time. Now's not the time. Look at this singe mark. The burnt... Oh, it's weird. It's singed like on the note, like at the corner of the page. Very subtly, very subtle, very light singe. Hmm. 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 I don't like what's going on here. Hmm. I read a whole other journal entry page. I read a whole other journal entry page with a drawing of the singe mark <laughs> on the other page. And <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I think I know what happened here. Fire ants. I'm going to get breakfast. <laughs> Walk downstairs. Breakfast sounds great. And the three of you go downstairs. And sure enough, you guys slept in a little bit. Everybody gets 10 temporary hit points for sleeping so comfortably Ooh. in a nice room. Finally. Uh, go downstairs. You see the dread. You see Wilfred. And you see Zith. Three of them uh, are eating, but they're hunched over the table and they're like drawing up a plan and they see the three of you come down the stairs and they welcome you over and there's already uh, a breakfast buffet already laid out for the six of you to eat and you see that as the three of you go over and take a seat uh hilda the goblin barmaid uh pours you a couple of drinks what are the drinks it's actually ale perfect okay <laughs> surprisingly enough uh, a little uh, breakfast ale for you and the goblin, uh, the goblin bomb made gives you a couple of tankers of breakfast ale. Do you have any, yeah. you have any coffee? Coffee? <laughs> no, this is perfect. Okay. Huh. Decaf ale. Yeah, we got it. And then she goes over and she gets some coffee for you and breaks it over. 
I slid Thank drill. Thank you, and I push mine. mine over to drill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get. I just get water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Sid, we shouldn't have jumped out the window. That was a bad idea. <laughs> uh, Wilfred turns his attention, be like, "Nice, we're glad." You joined us. We don't have a, we kind of have a little bit of a trek ahead of us. Not because it's far away. It's just, uh, the jungle can be tricky to navigate. A lot of hills. Uh The road isn't as clear cut. Very, very mountainous kind of area and a lot of bushes. It gets very hot once you're in the jungle. It's not like the island breeze that we have here in the tavern. It gets very, very, very moist. So I I would suggest traveling light. What does that mean? Light, like dress comfortable. Huh? You gotta sweat. You gotta sweat. Okay. Yeah. Maybe put your little mohawk up in a bun, you know? I never thought to do that. Oh. Get whatever breeze you can. Uh, make sure you pack some extra water. And he waves you over to, like, look at the sheet of paper. And he has a map. It's a rough map of the area. And where he's going is north. He goes from the Aramo ports. If we go north, it will be a few hours that we... It'll be a few hours uh, to get us there uh, as we just traverse through the jungle. We're probably going to see some gnolls. As a matter of fact, we are kind of going in their home. And we do need to, we do have some heavy luggage we need to carry. And you see that on the side of the table is that box, the shipment, that large gem. You see that it's now in another box and the box itself has like straps on as if you can use it. Uh, as if two people could carry it or perhaps even strap it to someone's back if they're able to hold it. And he goes, we need to get this package. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to a tomb. And this tomb, uh, Knowles occupy. And within the tomb, this gem unlocks a secret door. And beyond that door is a, well, to put it so bluntly, a legendary artifact. What kind of legendary artifact? You know, there's a lot of stories for it. We think it's uh, something to tribute to the Knoll god, uh, Yanagu. Some say it's like an item that Yanagu left behind that the Knolls worship. Perhaps it's the source of the reason why the Knolls are here. So if we get rid of it, maybe the Knolls could go away. That's just a side bonus of, of taking the item. But we do know it's very valuable and we can sell it for a good amount of money and uh, sell it to the right person. Um, you see, we... The method we got the key uh, that you see here wasn't exactly on the up and up. We did have to kind of uh, take it from somebody, but the person we took it from isn't on the up and up. So we're really doing the world a favor here. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, are we, you said we were going to get paid. Is that like half up front, half when it's done, or do you have to sell this to pay us or how does this work? No, once the job is done, we'll give you each 7,000, and then whatever trinkets or baubles you get in the tomb, we're sure there's some. You know, gnolls tend to just eat and then, you know, discard whatever is left on the bodies, and, well, we're sure there's a couple of, uh, maybe some cool weapons or some, uh, gold lingering around in there that could be added to the pot to make it a little bit sweeter. I bet. We're not worried about that. We're worried about what's behind the secret door, and he does air quotes. Cool, is, uh, sounds good. Is the Dread sitting at the table with us? Yes, and the Dread is looking at the paper and looking at you like a normal conversation. Has he eaten? He has not. Morning, Dread. The Dread? Thread. Dread. You see that he gives you a wave. Oh, hi. So, like, 
Who made your armor? It looks really cool. His green eyes leer at you. I look back. Then I look to Wilfred. So like, does he have a smith he goes to? Or has he always been like this? Um, ever since the incident? He's always been like that. But he hasn't told us because he can't speak. Huh. Okay. Well, I'm excited to adventure with you all today. It should be a fun time. It should be a good exercise. I'm sure, I'm sure Drell will have a fun time at the very least. And I continue to eat my breakfast and chug down my coffee. Well, friends, there will be combat for sure. Probably on the way there and a lot of combat probably inside the, the tomb. So, oh, be, be ready. But they're just gnolls, right? You can handle a couple of gnolls. Right? You dragon slayers, am I right? And he elbows you guys from the story last night. Oh yeah. I'm ready to kill some gnolls. Let's rock and knoll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the six of you head out. As he rolls, as you see Wolfray, he rolls up the mat, stuffs it in his little front pouch that he has, and you see the dread walk over to the box, and it looks like he's doing the heavy lifting, and he picks it up and places it on his back like a backpack. The box itself is almost the size of him. He's standing at almost six feet tall and the box itself is just off the ground, like just a little bit. And you see that he's carrying it with ease. As you head out of the Aramore ports from the cool sea breeze and warm weather, you start to walk down a very covered up trail with all these palm trees, and giant leaves uh, overhanging the pathway. And on either side of you is a very dense forest. Uh, and I think just for um, mechanics sake, because uh, I don't know how this is going to go, uh, Drell is using his unarmored defense and he put uh, his armor in Minus's uh, cart. Sure. So um, this is just like this. What you see at the table, the map is just kind of like a, a basic kind of theme. What's going on? Doesn't necessarily mean anything. You don't have to pay too much attention to it. Yeah, not that it's a battle map or anything. But you see, you have to traverse through the jungle. And as you're traveling down this road, you do hear the sounds of water as there is a large river that cuts through the jungle that leads into the ocean. And you hear the sounds of beautiful waterfalls in the distance. And the further you get away from the Aramore ports, the sounds of nature just overtake you and occasionally as you're traveling down this dirt path you do hear sounds of like giant footsteps in the distance and you hear the rustling of trees screeches of animals and very hefty roars deep in the distance there's animals all around you hiding in the thicket of the trees and the bushes the six of you walk is there any particular way that the three of you would like to walk. I would like to walk last. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be the caboose. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the I'm six of us. Ready. There are six of us. Wilfred Wilfrey is definitely in the lead. Then it's Armos, and then Zith behind Armos, with Drell and Minus in the back, in between. As the six of you travel down, and the path from the thicket like instantly gets super humid, very hot. The six of you like instantly sweat as you're traveling. After an hour of walking, you finally come across that there's a river along your right side and you look down, there's like a steep cliff as you begin to ascend this mountainous jungle. In the distance, you do see a rickety rope bridge that extends from one mountain to the other over the river that you're about to walk over. 
And Wolfray turns to the back of you and goes, Hi, lads, one at a time. And not really sure how much uh, weight this bridge can hold. And we got a lot of it. So let's, let's be cautious here. All right. Uh, do you want me to go first? I'll test it. I'm, I'm pretty light. So I figure I should go. Hmm. And you see that like Wolfray like looks at his map and then he looks at you and goes, Yeah, you know, if you'd like to scout ahead, you absolutely could. Huh. All right. Go check it out. Go check it out. I look forward. I kind of tap my hose on the first plank and kind of shake the railing <laughs> tested out the structural integrity of this bridge it's just a rope railing you have to like hold yourself as you cross yeah, to maintain yeah. your balance the river below is about 80 feet so i'll go first i'm just like all right sid just be ready to float <laughs> i'm going off that time everything's great guys this is fine everything's fine I'll just walk across gingerly. You step across the bridge and you walk. And the bridge itself is about 60 feet. You walk. That's that. One of the floorboards break. But you catch yourself. You go. And then you safely make it to the other side. <gasps> oh, man. Oh, I'm not afraid of heights, but I am afraid of water. I look down. Oh, kind of shallow anyways. Probably would have just died. <laughs> like I said. You turn around and it in this uh thicket of thick bushes and trees that you can't see it's just a wall of foliage you see some rustling <laughs> and you hear a large groan and that's a heavy slow chomping and then high above the tree line something raises you see raising its head from the thicket is a long neck dinosaur and you see that he's chewing on some leaves and he's ta his, his head's towering above you you don't even see its body as his head towers above you and it just looks around minding its own business just chewing away yeah don't move shit it's a dream yeah me neither you see wilfrey yell across in a soft but tone just loud enough for you to hear across the river he goes they're harmless. They're worse ones about. Just mind your business. Leave it alone. Okay. Bridge is safe. Come on over. And you see the dinosaur look at you as you yell back over. It just stares at you. Hi. And I just walk slowly away in the other direction. And slowly turns its head and begins to travel south in the other direction from you as you leave it alone. Wolfrey looks at the group and goes, who's next? Maybe we should get the shipment over. Something tells me we should probably get the heaviest thing over next. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, that probably sounds great. Who is carrying it, by the way? The Dread. Okay. Ah, Dread, you're up, bud. And you see the suit of armor gives a look and begins to walk over very slowly, maintaining its weight voids the cracked uh, wood panel on the bridge and makes it to the other side. And Wolfrey looks at the last three, Zith and you and Armos. I stand very awkwardly waiting for them to... <laughs> uh, I'm... Yeah, I'll go. Build up my confidence now that I saw the big giant dude go across. And Armos crosses. And hey. you dodge over the broken panel. And <laughs> then you make it. I don't know if I'm allowed to know this, but are you rolling something behind this, this screen so we don't know if something happens? I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just curious. Like, I don't know how that works. I just, cause I see your eyes pandered to this screen and then you're like, oh. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, who's three on the D4, by the way? Me. Mm. That's Dan. Does a 21 hit? 
Minus. Yeah. <laughs> As a crossbow bolt flies from above, from the northern cliff just on your left, a crossbow bolt comes and hits you, dealing. Can I use my reaction? Uh, you can use your uh, reaction here of arrows of missile snaring. Uh, missile catching? Arrows. Gloves of missile gloves. catching. Gloves of <laughs> missile catching. Yes. You may use your reaction here. What are you doing? My gloves of missile snaring. There it is. <laughs> Usually, don't worry. It's just a little stroke, then. It's just a little stroke. Don't worry about me. <laughs> so I reduce the damage by a D10 plus my dexterity. Okay. That is a 14. Ooh, you I mean, catch the arrow. You catch the bolt as soon as it flies. You catch it in between your hands as a... You didn't even realize you did it. And then you see from the northern ridge, there are... You see like this canine creature hulking. You hear him laughing <laughs> as two more bolts come out and shoot at you. One is going to go after Armos as he just crossed. That one is going to miss with a two as the third one is going to try to hit Minus as that one misses with an eight. And then one goes after Drell from behind. Damn, I rolled fucking three twos in a row. As you look above on the cliff and you see these very weird gnolls with crossbows mm. and they're shooting at you and laughing from the ridge and they are high above you. Drell, the one that came from your left on the cliff is about 120 feet above you. Oh my God, they're ugly freaks. <laughs> what is wrong with them? <laughs> <laughs> Guys! <laughs> Everybody roll me initiative as you are being ambushed by these knolls in the trees on a mountain ridge above you that is about 100, 120 feet in the air. Everybody roll me initiative. I got a five. It's a 12 for Minus. 11. We're going to start combat at initiative 12. Minus, as you just caught a bolt as two others fly past you and Armos. Right now, across the ridge is you, Armos, and the Dread. On the other side of the rope bridge is Wilfrey, Zith, and Drell. The six of you are getting ambushed. At the start of the round, Minus, what are you doing? Got new cleric stuff. Maybe I'll use that. <laughs> uh, so we have five around us that we can see right now. You can see five around you. Yes. They're all up in the cliffs and they are shooting down at you hundred feet away. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look at the one to the Southeast, I suppose. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not even thinking really of running uh how far away 15 feet to the cliff 100 feet up these are very steep yeah. cliffs very flat you Gosh. do see that there's foliage on the side of the cliffs you like vines you probably could climb them if you tried wow i have a spell attack that actually reaches wow laura my goddess protect you i promise ah! <laughs> <laughs> pull my feather out and point it at the knoll that's at the uh, southeast up on the cliff mm -hmm. and i'm gonna just throw a guiding bolt over at this knoll thing. Wow, guiding bolt. That's a new clerical ability, right? Yeah. Wow. Thirteen to hit. Not great. That will miss. Yeah. As you see, whizzes by him. That's rough. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. Don't mind that. <laughs> Ignore that. That was an accident. And you stole my new cleric stuff. So I missed that. I'm like, yeah, come on, work. And I'm slapping the feather. And then I'm gonna bonus action go invisible and be like guys run <laughs> and start running uh forward okay you start to run and is that the end of your initiative yeah we go move to initiative 11 which is armos and one of the knolls 
Player goes first. Armos, what are you doing as you are being ambushed by these gnolls from atop the cliffs? So there's four up on the cliffs, and there's one to my south, correct? Yes, that is also on a cliff. Do any of them stand out more than another? Make me an insight check. 15. Yeah, there is one on top of the cliff on the left side that looks bigger than the rest from this angle. You are 100 feet below, but you do see a hulking one. Okay. It looks like he has a banner on his back. Okay. Yeah. We're going to... the All the ones up on the top of the cliff, we're going to do sickening radiance to hit almost all of them yeah nope that'll hit the four of them on that cliff yeah oh my god it does hit all of them <laughs> holy shit okay so sickening radiance uh so they have to do a constitution saving throw of 17 a new charisma bonus 16 <laughs> and all of them in the circle failed how much damage are they taking they take 18 but that circle is uh stays there you notice that when you you cast sickening radiance, you see a lot more hyena, more of these hyena knolls cough, <laughs> and there's a bunch more hidden within the brush on top of the cliff, and they have axes and these makeshift bone spears and bone swords, and they're coughing, and they're you hit you thought you were hitting five you really hit ten of them as they're all coughing and you see a couple of them die and fall down the cliff let's see how many die you see these eight gnolls tumble as they fall down the cliff Jeez. and you're like <laughs> and they die and you see the eyes roll to the back of their head and then you see the one that's still standing the leader so to speak is like <laughs> like getting angry and more angry and begins to seethe at the mouth he was affected how much it did 18 points of damage right and also suffers one exhaustion oh. that's really nice so what else are you doing? I'm going to get behind the big guy that I'm next to in between. So I'm going to put me, big guy carrying the dread. Yeah, the dread and the uh, knoll that's up on the top of the thing to brace for retaliation. <laughs> Staying on initiative 11, you see the one at the top of the hill let out a giant shriek as it echoes through the trees and you see the birds fly away in the distance and then you hear a lot of growls and and they're angry canine sounds and then you see the bodies shift on the floor in front of you the nine that you killed begin to twitch and snarl and howl as blood leaks from their mouth as they seem to be popping and popping and locking as they seem to pop and mutate in the spies they begin to get back up you see that he is inciting a rampage to these dead gnolls on the floor that seem to come back up as they are now seething almost zombified you see that the gnolls on the floor their eyes have rolled to the back of their head you just see the white of their eyes as blood and saliva fall from their mouth and we're gonna move to initiative 10 which is the gnolls as they begin to run forward towards menace the dread and armos they run to me they know i'm there even though i'm invisible 
Oh, are you invisible? Yeah. I'm mistaken. Yeah, oh, wait. Let's see. Let me see something right here. You're lucky. They only have dark vision. They don't have keen smell. My eh. mistake. I missed that. You see the, but you know, you also sold out almost. Well, yeah. So uh, you see these nine gnolls. <laughs> Seething at the mouth, rampaging, run towards Armos and the Dread as four of them gang up on the Dread and the other four gang up on Armos as they swarm like a pack of wolves making attacks. We'll start off with Armos. Four of them are going to make attacks against you. 18, 16, a 13, and a 13. Those all hit. Well, 13's hit. Damn. I uh, know. You take 23 points of piercing damage as they bite, snarl, and slash you up. Okay. You see that the other four are trying to chomp down on the dread, but the dread is actually moving very quick despite holding such large weight. And you see that he's using a reaction and one, he kicks one of them away in Minus's direction. He kicks him 10 feet back as he delivers like a swift kick. To, to one of the gnoll's chests, and he goes backwards, and the gnoll gets back up to go charge him. While on initiative 10, there are two behind Drell, Zith, and Wolfrey on the other side, and they are shooting crossbow bolts at them. One is going to go towards Drell. Ooh, it's a 24 to hit. Um, That'll hit. And it's going to do three points of piercing damage and an additional. Now I know why he gave us the temp HP. Five points of poison Ow. damage and make me a constitution saving throw as you are hit with a poison bolt. It's a nat fucking 20. Ooh, you are not poisoned. Second one of the episode. <laughs> wow. Bring it on. Uh, the other one is going to hit Wolfrey. Ooh, we rolled a five. That one is going to miss. And you see those two slide down the mountain as their movement, since they're falling, you see that the two gnolls that shot the crossbow bolts at you reach where you are as they slide down the cliff. And we're going to go to initiative five which is drill okay so i'm gonna look at wolf uh wilfred and zith and just say uh you don't mind if i go first right and i'm just gonna run across the bridge um so i make it so there is a knoll standing in your path well i'm um, can as i run up to him can i just hit him sure can. Him out of the sweet that's what i was gonna do anyways um, all right, so that is a oh my god, those that's it only a 19 to hit, <laughs> only a 19. Yeah, you hit him. <laughs> it was almost a 28, that's why I say that. Oh, and I, after being hit with an arrow, um, I definitely go into a rage. So that is oh, so much better. That's 17 damage on the first attack, dead as you put your uh, using your axe or your hammer. Uh, I'm using the dwarven thrower right now. You boom as you knock away the first knoll that's blocking your path and we'll say with the rest of you moving you're able to make it off the bridge as you kill one of the knolls that were rampaging and then so yeah so i like to imagine it um i run across the bridge and as i cock back my dwarven thrower i yell mountaintop and i just <laughs> hit <laughs> hit him as soon like as hard as i can um, and then I'm going to throw my hammer at another one of the other gnolls next to Armos as my second attack. And that is a 24 to hit. That hits. Dealing 14 damage. Dead. You see that the hammer hits him and he falls back into the river as the hammer comes back to you. And I think for now that is going to be my turn. Okay. We're going to move to initiative four, which are your three companions. As Wolfrey sees you run across the bridge, he's like, well, I guess we got to get moving at some point. 
and uh, he looks at Zith and Zith goes, hey, would you take care of the two behind us? I'll take care of the ones across the bridge. And you see that he draws his sword, very nice long sword, and then he holds his other hand up and it begins to swirl with magic and he casts magic missile. This is Wilfred doing this? Yes. Okay. You see that Wilfred lifts his hand and he casts magic missile at second level, shooting out four bolts hitting different gnomes, and you see that he takes out the one next to Armos. He takes out the one that just fell down more north to you, closer to Minas, and he takes out another one next to the Dread, and another one hits one of the leaders up top, doing a little bit more damage, and he gets ready to cross the bridge. Zith is gonna, going to go as he heads southward to take care of the other two gnolls, and you see that he takes out two of these, these short swords, and he moves like a rogue. He starts slashing up one of the gnolls. <laughs> I don't want to reveal how much that he did a lot of damage. Let's just say that he did. Uh, he does 34 points of damage as he's like weaving in and out, slicing them up with the short swords. And you see the knoll drop. And then a few seconds later, the knoll's eyes roll to the back of its head and lunge back up, getting ready to attack him. And then we're going to move to the dread. Armos in front of you, you see the dread getting ready to fight. He puts his hands out. He doesn't have any weapons on him. You just see the suit of armor with these with these green flame eyes. And then you see from his hand a green flame blade come out. It overcomes his gauntlet. Mm. The green flame takes the shape of a blade over his hand and he begins to attack. You see that he attacks the knoll on the right. And you see he slices up two of them, killing two of the gnolls. And we're gonna go back the top of the round initiative 12 minutes uh i guess i'll just uh i'll pop back out and i'll be like all right sid Me? one more time poof and i go i'll go poof again then with a bonus action uh and then i'll attack this knoll at the top of the bridge with a uh third level we'll try a third level uh guiding bolt Okay. Does invisibility pop you back out at the beginning of your turn? Is that the wording? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you go back invisible and you cast a third level guiding bolt. And that's going to be a 24 to hit. Yeah, that's going to hit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I lost track of it. There it is. So I'm going to hit this knoll, this big knoll at the top with 23 radiant damage. You see as the radiant damage smacks into him, he lets out a harsh shriek of pain. And then you see his eyes glow red as he's getting really angry. Blood drips from his nose. <laughs> what else are you doing? And I'm just, I'm just talking to myself in my invisible form like, thank you, Melora, thank you, Melora, thank you, Melora, this is awesome. <laughs> uh, that ends my turn. We're going to move to initiative 11, Armos. You and the alleged leader. Uh, so that's the only, these other two are gone on my left and my right. No, they're there. Uh, the leader, the bigger Noel, also goes on initiative 11. Uh-huh. I'm going to just Eldritch Blast. Yeah. Sure. Who are you Eldritch Blasting? Uh, yeah. I'll just hit all three on that dude. 16. A 16 will hit. Woo. 338 damage. Dead. As you see the... Uh, <laughs> is that... How many How many Eldritch Blasts was that? Was that all three? Three. Yep. Okay. Yep. So all three LG blasts fly from your palm as they you shoot at the leader as the leader gets hit, falls down. And then you see, just as his tribe before him, his troop, he rises back up, completely salivating. Jeez. His saliva is completely blood. You see his jaws unhinged and he is snarling and he looks like he's about to dash towards you. What else are you doing? So I knocked him back 
three times. Uh, so he's going to have to dash a little bit further to get to me. Don't forget. And then while that's happening, um, I'm going to stick put and still concentrate on my radiance so that he takes damage on his turn. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he did get knocked back 30 feet instead. So he doesn't fall down the cliff, but he does get back up and looks like he's about to charge. And how much radiant damage does he take? Uh, I think he has to do another constitution saving throw. Another con saving throw? We can do that. We can do, we do those. We do those. He just critted. Does he take half damage? He doesn't take any Okay, so um, staying on initiative 11 is this uh, pack leader as he begins to charge towards the cliff edge and begins to slide down in a rampage. So he's going to use his full movement to make it to the base as we move to initiative 10, which are the rampaging knolls and one of the knolls on top of the cliff. We're going to do the healthy knoll to your south from the cliff. He's going to shoot a crossbow bolt at you. When you say you. Oh, Armos. Uh, that's going to miss with a nine. Uh, and then he's going to slide down. That's going to be his turn. And then the rampaging knoll to the left of you next to the dread is going to attack the dread. So he attacks the dread and that one misses. Is he within five feet of me? Yep. Then I would like to wink at the dread and say sentinel attack. And I would like to use my reaction to wail on the knoll um, as a reaction and, and hit him. Sure. Uh, that is a 23 to hit. Hit. 18 damage. Dead. You just bonk him on the hammer uh, on initiative 10 as a reaction, and he falls. From over the bridge, you do see the Zith, the Drow Elf, take some attacks with uh, with like this bone sh makeshift glaive, but he's still holding his own. And then we're going to move to initiative five, which is Drow. Okay. Um, I am going to make my way over to the leader of the pack and throw my hammer at him as I'm running towards him. Um, so that is, I'll just tell Armos, uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, that is a uh, 23 to hit. That hits? That is uh, not good, 11 damage. Dead, you throw the hammer at him as you're running to him and box him on head and he just falls. Cool. Slides on his face towards you. With the death of the leader, you see that the other ones begin to turn tail and run instantly. No, 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 no. Well, we should have done that to begin with, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I try to pick them off as they're running away with my Eldritch Blast from 300 range from whatever I can see that isn't taken away with the bushes. <laughs> you notice that you're able to actually handle these gnolls with ease, especially the more that die off, the easier it is. And I'm going to say that you're able to pick them off with your Eldritch Blast. And as you pick off the three that are running away, you turn around and you see the dread and he is looking at you St stone faced, but he's leering at you and you see his fiery eyes ignite brighter. You see Reginald go, uh, what are you looking at? And he is staring you down and he is walking closer to you with his green flame blade ignited over his iron gauntlet um as i'm glaring back at this uh thing trying to stare me down i'm like wilfred come get your boy <laughs> as you yell over the bridge you see wilfred watching what's going on and you see that he begins to move with a little pep in his step and he looks a little worried you turn around i'm gonna need you to make me a strength contested strength check as you are now trying to be pinned from the dread as he tries to slam you to the floor <laughs> Anything but strength. Anything but strength. <laughs> uh, four. 
with a 15 he, as you turn around he like picks you up from your throat and slams you down and he holds the green flame blade to like as if he's going to your throat he's like examining you and you see reginald gets tumbled off and goes whoa what uh, and he's like oh her what what gives and you see that his fire within underneath his visor is igniting and you see wolfred trying to run over to the situation to try to to address the situation as he's running over the bridge and zith following uh, i throw my hammer at him roll to hit it's a uh, 25. Ooh, a 25. You see that as he, as you go to throw the hammer, he snaps to the hammer almost as he was expecting it, as he hears it throw up and he goes to raise his hand and you see that his like, you see his armor shine, like arcane energy comes over as if he's casting a spell on himself, but it's just not strong enough as you hit him with the hammer and he gets knocked off and he rolls next to Armos onto the floor how much damage are you dealing with? uh that is going to be 19 damage you hear the cracking of his armor as he goes to roll over and he tries to get back up and he's just a little bit slower because he's holding the giant case on his back and he goes he scrambles he looks like he's trying to go back in armos and as oh. he going back to armos you see wolf wolfrey runs over the bridge he tries to get between you and he goes whoa 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 and he looks at dread he goes whoa easy easy hot fella easy easy and he's like trying to calm him down and you see the dread is like trying to fake out wilfrey like trying to get around him but he's staring at you i'm a chilling touch just ready to go just ready to just put this dude get straight him. up in his get face reginald's hair sticking up on the on the back of his neck get him get him almost get him you take that um i guess drell yells uh wilfred what is going on with your boy i may have misjudged the uh <laughs> the, the wizard aspect of you <laughs> and he notices that when you cast his eldritch blast he goes didn't realize you were a warlock dabbled in the, the demonic arts and you see he's holding the dread back the dread doesn't want to hurt wilfrey or zith and you even see he's not even focused on drill who just hit him with the hammer mm -hmm. they'll do it again too <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, hold on. And he's like trying to calm down Dread, and he looks at you. He goes, He doesn't like those who study the demonic arts. It's, uh, he ran into a uh, <clears throat> a bit of a fanatic group several years back that kind of put him in the position he's in today. And I'm 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 just getting ready to cast like the biggest spell that I know at this point, and I'm not even listening to him. I'm just in, you know what I mean, uh, saying the words to get ready to to cast something crazy um he's talking could we make the can i make an insight check on like what he's talking about uh, Wolfrey? yeah absolutely no, yeah to see what he like um or i pretty much want to make sure he's talking about the red dawn is like what i'm so what would that be like uh it'll be an insight check uh that's just an 11. you don't know who he's talking about with an 11 though you know he's being honest with his words Armos, I don't know if you want to like lead what's going on right now. <laughs> uh, blow this guy up! Blow this guy up! Uh, we don't need to. We don't need to go that far. We're still. We're all friends here. It's just a big misunderstanding. You're right. Big There's a nice lake or a nice little river right there that this guy can cool off in. Just let me. Let me just give him a good, nice little shove real quick. And <laughs> that river couldn't quench these flames, I'll tell you. Minus finally comes over. Oh, 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 did I miss the hug? Did I miss the, the, you guys were hugging, right? That was like a good job. What's going on? You see Zith interjects 
And he goes and he goes towards you, Armos, and he's talking to the group. He goes, "Well, our friend here, well, we met him like this, but we learned that he can't. He he really can't talk. But that's mainly because we don't speak his language. He can understand us, but we can't understand him. Oh, what's he is essentially bound to that armor. Several years ago, let's uh, and we meet several uh, upwards of a century." so to speak. Well, there was a, gr- a fanatic group. Maybe you know them. The, we got a couple of fanatic, uh, fanatical Red Dawn cultists that have been re-emerging. Well, uh, that was the group that well, put him in this position. They essentially trapped him inside this suit of armor and he escaped, but he does not like those who study the demonic arts. So seeing Buddy there, your Red Horn Buddy here, uh, cast uh, those unsavory spells, well, he set him off. Well, we've been killing a bunch of Red Dawn cultist members, so, I mean, he's got the wrong guy. I mean, yeah, sure, Armos, you know. Persuasion check. I'm not very good at persuasion, but that's a... Fuck. I'm going to roll a luck point and try to re-roll this. Um, (laughs) Okay. I get to use the higher number, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you get to use the higher number, yeah. Uh, it's just a 10 then. I don't want to burn through a bunch of them. You see the, the dread look at you and you can't read his expression because he just doesn't have any. It's just a metal visor. And then he looks at Armos and the way he's moving is like he's on edge, like he's still ready to attack, but he's not trying to get past Wolfray anymore. Armos being pissed and hearing that, oh, you can't understand his language. And I cast comprehend languages. <laughs> <laughs> and then I cuss him out in his own fucking language. <laughs> no, I, I can't. I can only. Uh, I think I can only understand. I don't know if I can talk. I can't speak it. But but you could hear. You <laughs> approach him and you cast this spell, comprehend languages. As Reginald, almost acting as an arcane focus for you, begins to glow in his red eyes for a moment, and then you can understand the flames, and you hear. You hear flames underneath the armor in a rhythmic sense. It begins to burn, but the burns sound like they're trying to speak. They sound like soft screams, as if somebody is on fire. Very painful. And then you see that the flames within the visor begin to quench a bit as he feels understood for the first time. And you see that his flame blade retracts and then he speaks to you, but he doesn't speak like a normal conversation, but he is speaking elemental. And you get these visages of somebody who was taken away, kidnapped. Then you see visions of like indentured servitude to the Red Dawn cult. And then you see him strapped to a table, to a very strange device, as if this device was trying to rip the soul from his body and then being placed into a suit of armor and then you see that through his eyes through the pov of this metal visor and this your eyes begin to burn yourself but you're not taking any damage here but you feel like your eyes are burning as you're seeing through him and you see him in this room this dark cobble and black marble room with rows and rows of suits of armor that look just like him but they are empty they don't have these green flames behind the visors just yet but there are rows and rows of this suits of armor that look just like him and deep in the distance you see multiple of these suits of armor that resemble the revenger towering over him 
and you see that like as he turns it's just more people lined up to go through the same ritualistic sacrifice that he just went through and then you see another vision of him escaping and this is how he's talking to you element elementals don't speak in words so how you're comprehending this is very weird but you feel like you're seeing what he's seeing at in such detail through reginald ask his name <laughs> it's the dread <laughs> he does refer to himself as the dread and it seems like it's a self-proclaimed name that he gave himself as a way to incite revenge on his enemies do i see what like racy was before no, you don't because you saw everything through his perspective. Seeing all that, I uh, I sh shake it off and I'm no longer mad at him. I'm just mad about the whole situation. I need to blow off some steam. So uh, I throw like a uh, Eldric blast at a tree and blow it up. And then I reach uh, <laughs> reach down to uh, like grab his like help him up or like, you know what I mean? Kind of like. Grab each other's like forearm is just be like, <laughs> yeah, you give a, like a spawn shake. Yeah. Okay. You want to show him some, there you, uh, go. there you go. So show him some respect and you see that he accepts it and his flames, uh, go back to normal, his fiery gaze and Wolf, Wolf Ray is like, we all good. You all good, bud. Armos just nods. We, uh, sit for a second and then, uh, yeah, test, see what the, uh, Dread does. <laughs> the six of you gather your bearings, and after some time, it's taking a five-minute breather after killing the uh, gnolls. The six of you continue on your way, and you see that the Dread doesn't look at you hostily, and he, you see that he does occasionally ga uh, gaze at your fellow Ogburn on your hip, the lantern, but you get the sense that he doesn't seem hostile towards you anymore understanding him like really seems like it really meant a lot to him and the six of you go on oh, excuse me and you travel through the jungle uh as you approach your destination you occasionally find the the stagnant knoll there are knolls surrounding the jungle but you do take out the occasional knoll and they are becoming more and more like heavy heavily armored but they're still pretty weak but they have like all this bone armor on as if they're a part of the same tribe. You're starting to see a uniform between them. And then you start to veer off the path and Wolfrey goes, okay, it's this way, it's this way. And he starts, he takes out one of his swords and he begins to cut through. Everybody roll me a perception check as he takes out his sword and begins to slash through the trees. 10. Dirty 20. 23. 23. Ooh. Armos and Drell, you notice that the blade he's using is socketed with a blood shard and he begins to hack away and it doesn't seem to shine but you definitely see it in the hilt armos cannot stop staring at it now you travel through and you you also see these giant insects now that you're traveling through the bushes large centipedes modest sized spiders and other giant bugs like roaches you see these flies everything seems bigger here very prehistoric and then you see a cave but the cave looks very ominous. Matter of fact, to get to the cave, you have to go through one of these giant trees with a hole that's been eroded away. The redwoods? <laughs> yeah, you go inside one of the redwoods, but inside there are all these mangled roots. And then it goes through to almost like an outcove. And you see all these trees and foliage and trees ascending up a mountain. It feels like you're outside, but also inside at the same time. And then you see a cave and the cave 
is has all this dried up blood on the outside and there is this giant bestial skull sitting at the top of it showing a very dark cave and you see these shamanistic type totems and Wolfrey looks back at you and he goes well this is supposedly the tomb of Yanagu which is a which is the Null God anyone care to go in first and that is where we'll end this week's session nose goes nose goes <laughs> not it that looks sick Reginald yells out <laughs> to the bone entrance <laughs> yeah I, I think this is where the god's buried and it's this <laughs> nah this is uh, grandma that uh, bakes the cookies really well for the entire island she's really good at when I revealed gonna, the cave entrance, she just, I just saw in. dad's face go <laughs> him, yeah that looks evil yeah, a little bit, a little bit, just a little bit, just a little, bit. Just a little tiny just bit. Tad. I could be wrong. I can't <laughs> wait till we talk in the after show. I got some. Yeah, a lot happened. I'm excited. And yeah, we have juice. a uh, Bloodshard Bandit Patreon supporter in this episode. The Dread. The he Dread. Almost, he almost Thank got you for him. joining us on this journey, The Dread. Woo! You almost got. Uh, you know what's crazy? You almost got wrecked. They even knew that that was their person before we did i knew actually last episode oh you did way to go dan way to (laughs) wait you knew i do the patreon shout out so i I didn't want to ruin it for these guys so i was just kind of sitting there like "Ah." this is benjamin's well we'll leave his last name out because that's how patreon gives it to us but this is benjamin's npc and he's one of the people i've been waiting a long time and i was like i know the perfect spot to put him he's just gonna have to Sit tight for a little bit, but yeah. He almost got taken out yeah, real so quick. So much to talk about <laughs> in the after show. Yeah. So much. It's going to be good. Go. Can't wait. Uh, recommendations? Anybody? Oh, um, recommendations. I watched a movie last night. Um, It was a military movie. I don't know what it is with me recently. I'm like really into rom-coms and militainment. Uh, so I've just been watching like all these army movies for some reason, I don't know. They just have romantic my attention. Romantic army movies. Romantic army movies. Dear John. Dear no. John. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I love like weird concept movies. Um, you know, like oh, it's a whole horror movie about the game Truth or Dare. So there's mm-hmm. a movie called The Wall, and it has John Cena in it, and it's basically the two army snipers that are they're sent on a mission to like this oil rig, and the sniper like took out the oil rig, and the main character and John Cena get pinned by an enemy sniper behind a wall. And the whole movie only has three, three actors in it, but it's like the main character, like can't move from like this broken wall because the sniper has him pinned down. And it's like, a, he's able to talk to the sniper because the sniper like hacked his comms. Mm. So it's just them like trying to outsmart each other and try to figure out where the enemy sniper is while he's mm. pinned down behind this wall. And, John Cena's there. <laughs> John Cena's it's there. Cool. It's cool. So it's, it's a solid movie. It's not fantastic. It's solid. It's a solid movie. It's on Amazon Prime. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's old, but I mean, we're just plugging military movies and shows. Uh, Band of Brothers is always good. Mm. If you haven't seen it, it's like, a, I don't even know how many episodes it is. I just know it was 10 discs back in the day. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, it's like a... World War Two story about like a certain company that goes through um, Europe as they fight in World War Two. It's pretty good. It's got the guy from Billions in it. 
Mm. Um, so he's always a good actor. He's also in Homeland, I think it is, right? No, it's uh, I don't know. I forget his name. But yeah. Um, but if we're shouting out John Cena, then you gotta you should go watch Peacemaker. I was about uh, to say this, just took it from me. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, me to it. or uh, Trainwreck, one of mm. the I quote it all the time. <laughs> the scene with Amy Schumer and uh, John Cena in the movie theater, I love it so much. If you haven't seen it, go Google it guarantee you'll laugh yeah actually it's uh damian lewis is who i was thinking of mm. um tons of people in that too donnie Wahlberg's in it ron livingston scott grimes tom hanks the guy from friends what's his name uh i have another great movie but i think we should save it for the after show that's like great military <laughs> okay. all right yeah Chris okay. we're gonna we recommendations uh, yeah, we got some solid ones in there. We got some solid well, ones in there. Everyone, appreciate you hanging in with us. And uh, yeah, what a what a time. That was yeah. pretty good. Enjoyed. But All see right. you guys next time. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Mm, Pepto-Bismuth. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Patreon Parables. First up is Benjamin Hayes, or should I say The Dread. Dawned in heavy plate, his emerald flame heats the metal. Water droplets evaporate the instant they fall upon his iron shell. As his party approaches a cave, the dread stares menacingly at one tiefling who walks close behind him. Dylan Snyder is next, or should I say Reese the Bard. After leaving Holbeck, this Aladdin wrote wonderful tales of his time spent betting on games of Rocket Boot League. His favorite tune tells tale of a jazzy player named Jacqueline Myers, who led his team, the Orkland Badgers, to victory. Julius Kendrick still lurks in the shadows. An elderly groundskeeper walks in the Moonbeam Cemetery to take over the late night watch. As the man walks, he realizes tombstones have been knocked over and graves have been dug up. Now running, he makes his way up a watchtower to find the previous worker rotting, dead with necrotic energy. Before he can scream, the man feels a hand cover his mouth and a dagger poke at his throat. Show me to King's Tomb, demands Julius Kendrick. Speaking of the dead, Reigns is next. <laughs> Too soon? Anyways, his family's grieving over the loss of their beloved scientist. As his mother weeps by her bedroom window, she holds tight to Reigns' name tag when BANG! Something hits the door leading out to the balcony. She screams and jolts her head up to see a webbed claw leaning against the glass with red eyes peering through the dark. But on to happier patrons, Alara Donstar has fixed the roof, replaced the giant iron doors, and restored every stained glass window in the Temple of Scoraeus. She feels pretty proud of her si- BAM! A noise can be heard from the central hall where the purified acrylic shard resides. What is happening with our patrons this week? Captain Scarrow walks with heavy boots down the starboard side of his ship. Nothing can be heard but the waves beneath his feet and a slight breeze across the sail. His hand is held high above his head, stiff as a plank. Fog surrounds him and his mates, but this is exactly as he planned. They break through the fog to find a smaller ship sailing half a mile west. Thrusting his hand down, Scarrow shouts, FIRE! Rumors grow within the murky forest of Riverwood. Our new protector branches out to new biomes with green intentions along with growing expectations. The Woodland Woad seeks to connect the forests of Umbrea. 
And last but not least is Scout. The Hydra Guild is a world-renowned monster hunter guild, well known for tackling big beasts and bringing home bigger trophies. Scout starts his journey by tracking their first fearsome foe. Will he make a name for himself or will he come back with his tail between his legs? Only one way will tell and both paths start with a draw of his bowstring. Now it's time for the Sigi College alumni. Andrew Hall starts us off. Quick question. Say someone got trapped in a tarot card. In fact, let's just say, theoretically speaking, 10 wizard students got trapped inside 10 tarot cards and are now fighting with the magical creatures that have come alive within the paper. How would you go and get them out? Asking for a friend, of course. Artemis is next, and his lessons at the Kambuki Isles have been going very well. He misses the Sigic College, of course, but this work is important to him. Now that the anti-bullying classes have been so successful, it is time to move on to his next lecture. Fighting Pit Combat 101. Sly slinks stealthily into the next spot. Guards rush past an alleyway with clanking armored footsteps. After a moment, a half-elf pokes their head out of a barrel. They toss their cloak aside and shift forms, now taking the appearance of an orc. Sly grabs a wheelbarrow and blends back into the crowd. Sacagawea is next to the Centaur Trackstar. He just got back from Holbeck where he got to see his favorite RBL team, the Holbeck Hydras, play against their rivals, the Orkland Badgers. Unfortunately, they lost 2-3. Fortunately, Jackley Myers from the opposing team did really well and won Sacagawea his Rocket Boot Fantasy League matchup. Patrick Wennerstrom, aka Punk, has been making his new neighbors furious. Apparently, this Shadow Elf rogue bard loves practicing the drums till 3 in the morning. One neighbor came to complain, but he was left so mentally scarred by Punk's vicious mockery, he had to move his family to Dillmore. Robert Crisp is back. He wakes to a horde of people standing over him. The doctor tells him he has been in a brief coma, but everything is okay now that he's woken up. Robert tells the doctor he had a terrible dream that a tiny bread village he was studying got eaten up by some jerk named Warden. The doctor looks blankly at Mr. Crisp. Yeah, about that. St. Chaos sits alone in prison. His antics have gotten so out of hand that even the other prison mates won't talk to him. He was able to steal a quill and some paper, but struggles to get many words on the page. The only words so far at the top of the parchment are, Dear Artemis. And now on to Humbrea's heroes. Abdurrahman is working on a new potion called Anti-Theft Elixir. Hopefully the effects aren't too aggressive. Elijah Vega, aka Nefarious Ducarius, has just started working on a new bodybuilding routine that focuses on beauty muscles. He heard stories of a goliath with glutes so thick they split a kraken in half. Man with Glass is not accepting carrier pigeons at this time. He's taking a mental health month to mourn the loss of his masterpiece. Sergio Rodriguez has reached his quota for blood shards this month and is being promoted to head guard of the most southern watchtower. Terminal No Name has stepped down from Holbeck Hydras as a player to focus on growing the league as its founder. A famous bard named Baylor Thrift is dating one of the players, so he is trying to take advantage of the new fans. Captain Dandelion is training to become a great thief so that he may someday compete with the likes of shape-shifting Sly. Odumel has just finished healing the last survivors in Dilmore and is now on her way back home. Johnny Tar is currently training in Gilo to be a great fighter, but what kind of fighter will he become? Caleb Schneider has just slayed another Lycan. It was the jazziest battle of his life, and that 
Ladies and gentlemen, is the end of our Patreon shoutouts. If you would like to see your name read here and support the podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash dnd404. That's patreon.com slash dnd404. See you next time.